Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Football! Football, yeah! Man, that was... We were just talking off microphone. That oh. the, the, the four games just escalated in terms of fun, drama, storylines... Like this morning, I watched like an hour and a half of mostly the ESPN national shows just to get a feel for what are they talking about. It was just like an hour and a half of people yelling at each other about yeah, Josh Allen. That. Yeah. Was it Josh Allen? Can he he can't win the big one, Josh Allen? This man, that was fun this weekend. Mm. I think we got on the sh- exact show last year on the Monday of, after divisional round and said the exact same thing. But it's just unbelievably fun to watch. And and it feels like Super wild card weekend is all about excess, right? It's not necessarily the games are great, but it's excess football. Like it's just a, it's it's just played Six after game. play. It's a buffet. It's a buffet. It might not be that good, but you've got so much food. The divisional round, though, it's like going to a highbrow restaurant. Yeah, it's a little more high end. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the, it's the high menu, end. The menu's a little more select. You know. Yep. Well, and you probably got to dress up nicer, like. Super wild card weekend, sweats, sweats, hoodie, right? Like you're just at the, you're just eating and eating and your sweats are stretching. But Saturday (laughs) and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, you got to be a little bit more like, okay. And and you're dressed nicely, but my God, was that fun. Collared shirt while you're watching the Lions. Ah, Ah, the I have a hatchet. I just have a hatchet that I'm sharpening while I watch Dan Campbell and Lions football. Just sharpening knives. Did you see him get emotional in the post game? Oh yeah, locker room. Yeah, of course, dude. 
that guy, it's, it is funny. I mean, and we were leading the charge in Vikingsville here a few years ago. And we should, this might just be a segue. What we're going to do, we're going to give you two episodes today. This one's going to be all about the things the Vikings should have learned during divisional round week. We did this for wild card weekend. What should they have learned during divisional round weekend? But we, I mean, we made fun of that guy three years ago because he comes in here. He's got the, I mean, he looks like the most football meathead of all time. And he's talking about biting kneecaps and, but man, he's in that locker room. He's breaking down emotionally as he tells that team, like, we've made it here. We got two more games to go. Yep. And the Vikings are just, like always, just sitting around trying to figure out if we should we run it back? Should we, you know? So let's, Judd, why don't you start us off with? Let's just, we'll go around the room here. What are some things if the Vikings were taking notes on their little notepad, watching those mm-hmm. four games mm-hmm. with an open mind? Things the Vikings should have learned from divisional round weekend presented by Quick Trip, Judd. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Before I talk about quarterback play or kickers, you know what? I want to talk about my friends at Quick Trip because it's a Monday and you're going to be driving home and you're going to go past a Quick Trip and you need gas. Uh-huh. You know, the, it's getting to ease. So you're like, I got to f- fill up. But you know what? You have hit upon the perfect place because Quick Trip, not only can you fill up, not only can you go in and get uh, the Karuba coffee, but Quick Trip is so much more than just a small convenience store in fact let's talk about the ability here for new lower prices on all take-home meals every day that's right you stop to get gas but it's getting late and you're like oh, i'm supposed to pick up dinner well guess what have i got choices for you because mealtime just got much much simpler freshly prepared in the quick trip kitchens every day uh chicken bacon mac and cheese fettuccine alfredo with grilled uh chicken Meatloaf with mashed potatoes and gravy. You talk about football. You talk about Thanksgiving. Spaghetti and meatballs. I could go on, but the fact is Quick Trip is going to take care of you. So you know what? Get in there and get that Quick Trip. All right. Things the Vikings should have learned from divisional round weekend. Judd, start us off. Um, That this is, when it comes to quarterback play, a young man's game. Let me run through the ages of the starting quarterbacks in the uh, four games that we saw in the past two days. C.J. Stroud, 22. Lamar Jackson, 27. Jordan Love, 25. Brock Purdy, 24. Baker Mayfield, well, he's been around forever. He's got to be 32. Uh, No, he's 28. Pretty good playoff quarterback, by the way. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. he's going to get paid. And and I don't know that, that I would pay him, but you go down this list. Well, Jared Goff, he's old. He doesn't turn 30 until next October. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, been around forever, right? He's 28 years old. Josh Allen unbelievably athletic yes they run into the chiefs but i still like josh a lot and he is 27 so what i think you learn is as you contemplate what should we do what direction should we go should we re-sign a guy who's going to turn 36 in august or should we look at trying to hit a reset and actually get in on the young surge this 20 something surge that's what I think the Vikings should learn is this has to be part of your decision on Kirk Cousins. Well, also, I think you laying out those ages is really interesting because it does feel like it, it feels like we're 10 years into the Mahomes dynasty and the Mahomes Josh Allen, but we're not. We're like five years into it. I think this is Mahomes sixth year in the league. And by the way, the Chiefs have been to the AFC championship game or further in all six years. Just yeah. insane. And that was their first road playoff game. But I still hear arguments you know, when, when we point out, hey, not that it's all his fault, but like Kirk Cousins is 36 years old and he's been a starting quarterback for a decade and his teams have one playoff win and his teams have no trips to the conference championship game. And immediately people strike back with, well, what about Lamar Jackson? 
What about Justin Herbert, who isn't even in the playoffs? He's not even in the group that you just mentioned, right? And I say, well, hold, okay. Well, those guys are like a decade younger than the quarterback that we're talking about. And Lamar Jackson did just get his second playoff win. So, right? I think that was his second. Did mm-hmm. he have one yeah. a couple years ago? He had one. Yep. Yes. Yes. So, yeah. So it's like as you look and again, this year is one of the strongest on paper quarterback drafts, too. So you're going to have another influx of dudes who are 22, 24 years old. You look around the league and do you not want to at some point jump back into that pool and see? I know it's a scary pool. It's so scary. You might you might wind up with a bust or a Christian Ponder or somebody. But isn't it fun, too? I mean, think about the fan bases for some of these teams. Even if you're a Bills fan, yes, it's torturous what's happening here. And no, comparing Josh Allen to Kirk Cousins is also not fair. Neither one of them can win the big game. Well, the difference is one guy is, like, getting to the game against the Chiefs all the time and losing that. He's, like, getting – it's like a video game. There's 12 levels. And Josh Allen keeps getting to, like, the 10th level, the 11th level, and then, boom, like, you know, Bowser comes out of a pipe or something. (laughs) Yes, and Kirk, Kirk Cousins like here. barely even gets to level four, and people right. are like, "Well, neither one of them gets to the final level." It's like, well, right, little little bit of a difference there, I think. Well, and you know, last year you lost to the Giants. Like what we saw yesterday was was not exactly the Vikings Giants. It was those were essentially those were four heavyweight fights. Like they are heavyweight bouts. Like if you go down swinging like that, my opinion changes. Okay. Um, but yeah. the only time, the only time in the Cousins regime that he has gotten to that type of game was 2019. After they beat the Saints, which was impressive, they went to San Francisco, and that was a heavyweight bout. The 49ers said, "We're going to kick your ass," and the Vikings said, "Oh, okay, cool, bye." Okay, sounds good. So that's, that's what good. I want. Like, <laughs> like this, this to me is much tougher to take, but it's also because you felt if you're Buffalo, you always feel. Like you're close. It's like the Jazz against the Bulls. Like those Jazz teams were good. Mm-hmm. They just ran into the Bulls. The Vikings are running into themselves. And, and actually, you know what? It, it actually is kind of too like it's the John Elway Broncos for, for the fans that were old enough to remember. Yep, you're right. The late 80s, early 90s Broncos, and they were getting to the AFC title game. They were getting to Super Bowls. They lot, They kept running into the 49ers in the Super Bowl. They ran into a Washington team at one point, but like the Joe Gibbs teams. And then they were running into, on the AFC side, the Buffalo Bills in the early 90s. And finally, toward the end of the 90s, they broke through it, but it took like 15 years. Another thing here, too, here's my, my number one thing the Vikings should learn here as they're going, they're going about their roster building discussions right now. I think the biggest question for the Vikings and among fans that we debate, either directly or indirectly, is how far away are they? As you watch the divisional round games, you could twist yourself into a pretzel and say, wow, I mean, yeah. Vikings beat the Packers a few months ago. They beat the 49ers on Monday Night Football. They went toe-to-toe with the Lions, you know, and boy, they're like, they're right there. And so I set out this morning to try and quantify how far away are the Vikings. It's not like college football where there's a, a Grand Canyon gap between the Alabamas and the Michigans and the Gophers. I mean, the NFL is designed to get the worst teams, the best talent in the draft too. So you're never like as far away as a college team could be. But I think I quantified this. So in reality, you need to outscore opponents in the regular season by 75 or more points to be an actual contender. If you look at the 57 years of Super Bowl era. And so my my biggest thing for the Vikings to write down is point differential matters. Don't trick yourself into thinking 
hey, we're in all these close games. This is great. We beat the Packers over here. We, you know, we played the Lions closer over there. We're in every game. If we can just have the ball bounce a different way, or if we can just turn that one play around, we can trick ourselves into thinking that maybe we're better than we really are. <clears throat> 57 Super Bowls. Only six teams failed to outscore their opponents by at least 75 points point differential in the regular season. Those outliers are the 2015 Broncos that also had one of the best defenses of the last 20 years. And Peyton Manning kind of came alive when he had to at the end, right? The wobbler. Yeah, he was throwing end over end dots 15 yards down the field. But, you know, he brought like the Peyton Manning moxie to the the table. Uh, The 2012 Ravens outlier, both those giant teams were outliers. The 82 Washington Redskins and the 1980 Raiders. Those are the six out. Those are the only six teams in Super Bowl history that didn't outscore their regular season opponents by at least 75 points. So keep that number in mind, okay? The Vikings in their history, here are the seasons in which they have outscored opponents in the regular season by 75 points or more. 2019 was the last time. So the Vikings actually been outscored in four straight seasons. 2019, they were like a plus 100, plus 103 or something. And they got smoked in the second round. 2017, NFC Championship game. 2009, 1998. Then you got to go back to 1992. There was three different times in the 80s, 89, 88, 86. And then almost every year in the 70s, they were at least a plus 75, sometimes a plus 200. So think about that. Plus 75 is a great bar. Now, it doesn't guarantee because you're a plus 75, you are going to win the Super Bowl, obviously. But plus 75 is kind of, if you think you're an actual contender, you better be a plus 75 or you're an outlier. Only three times since 1998 and only four times since 1992 have the Vikings hit that bar. So, and again, we sit here and we're like, boy, like if a couple of games would have gone differently here and there, okay, that's cool. That might have gotten you to nine wins and in the playoffs, but you're not an actual contender unless you're creating some separation in the regular season. The teams remaining, the Ravens are a plus 203, the Niners are a plus 193. The Chiefs are a plus 77, but they also have Patrick Mahomes. So those three teams are over the plus 75. The Lions are a plus 66, so they're a, they're a little light. Probably shows mm-hmm. you that they've gone as far as they're, they're probably going to get beat by the Niners and yeah. try again next year. So the, that's, the, the Vikings are not as close as, as people tend to debate and think when you look at the plus 75 mark as a, as a true contender watermark. And we, we also talked about this uh last year the monday after the divisional games but i think it's worth broaching too is you watch those games on saturday and sunday and said okay let's imagine the vikings there okay like do they have the attributes and as we discussed last week january football is a different animal completely like what you did in lambeau field on october 29th or so is not relevant to what you're doing now the game Mm -hmm. changes and when you see I, I mean, a perfect example is the Packers. Okay, Aaron Jones had a huge game. Green Bay blocked for him. Um, Jordan Love has a Favre-like arm, which he can use for the good or the or the bad of his team. But, like, how many games did you watch on Saturday or Sunday, you guys, where you said, if I put the Vikings in this game, are they tough enough? Do they have the attributes that you need in January to win? And, by the way, on the road, let's say, too. So, like, you're going to go to San Francisco. 
how much better off, if at all, or are you worse than 2019 when you put yourself in that very predicament and got your ass kicked? You didn't keep it close. Yeah. And and I still go back to, and Phil, I, I think you broached this at the end of the season. I don't think the Vikings are near from a starting point tough enough. No, they're soft. Yeah, but but I'm saying you can't be like it's bad to be soft in November, December. It's really bad. It's completely fatal in January. You're going to get your ass handed to you. Yeah, and and part of I think when you're soft, you're probably not. Just to bring it back to like point differential too. If you're a soft team and you can't really run the ball, are you really going to create separation in these games? Are you going right. to are you going to control the ball, run it down someone's throat, get the extra touchdown, score the extra touchdown instead of a field goal in the red zone, right? And then you look at the Packers, and the Packers, granted, it helps to have Brett Favre into Aaron Rodgers, but the Packers have also had some great defenses over the years. They've had great coaches over the years. Their organization, as much as it sucks to say this from a Viking standpoint, their organization is largely really well run over the last, like, 30 years or so. And if plus 75 is that barrier, how many times as you're building rosters, can you just can you build a 53-man roster and schemes and coaches everything that creates that separation to give yourself an actual shot. This is like, like getting in and, and praying that anything can happen. That's unrealistic. Building a team that can be a plus 75 point differential and getting in. Now you're talking right last 30 years. The Vikings have done it four times again, four times in 30 years. Have they had a plus 75 point differential? The Packers over that stretch 14 different times. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's why the Packers are winning a couple Super Bowls in that time period. They probably should have more than two Super Bowls. That's why they're getting in some of these years where you think they're going to take a step back or somebody gets hurt like they're still fighting and getting into the playoffs. So just point differential matters, man. It's you. Oh, just get in and play close games. No, you need to be definitively beating teams in the regular season and show that you have actual championship process. So. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, Dex, give us something. All right, so uh, I wasn't able to join you guys last week after Super Wildcard Weekend, so and this take is from that, and it's also it still obviously applies after watching the Divisional Weekend as well, but my take is if you can hit on a draft class and you have an immediate impact, man, you can go pretty dang far. Would the Lions be where they are right now without the draft class they just had from Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Le- they, they gave away Hawkinson and said we have a better rookie that we're going to draft in Sam Laporta. Um, last year, obviously, they get Aiden. Uh, the year before that, excuse me, they get Aiden Hutchinson, who's one of the best defensive ends in football. This is a product of drafting incredibly well and what it can do for you. I mean, look at that. The Lions, right when they drafted Hutchinson, were awful. They were still kind of coming out of the Dan Campbell era, 
And now all of a sudden they hit on two big draft classes and the Detroit Lions, I repeat, the Detroit Lions are a win away from going to a Super Bowl. And I don't think it's completely, I mean, they're going to be underdogs in San Francisco, but it's not completely unfathomable to think that they could be this time next week. We are talking about the Detroit Lions in a Super Bowl, which is crazy. And a lot of that has to do with how well they have drafted. And I know the first draft for Quasey was really rough. The second draft, there were some highlights. But man, if the Vikings hit on a 2024 draft class that brings immediate impact, that can help you supplement some of the losses and, and kind of put you back up top near the NFC North. I know it's a kind of a pipe dream, but if you hit on a draft class right away, man, it makes life a hell of a lot more easier. Yeah, you listed him on, Brian Branch is another yeah. one. He was the 45th overall pick. They had in the 2023 draft alone. So, so this doesn't even count like Aiden Hutchinson from a couple years ago. The Lions have four guys in the first 45 picks that are huge contributors to this team that's knocking on the door. Yeah, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Campbell, Sam Laporta, Brian Branch. And so all eyes kind of turn back to Quasey these last couple drafts. And they have, like Jordan Addison was a hit. Ivan Pace Jr. was not a draft pick, but he was a hit. I think Makai Blackman is going to be. So it's not like he's whiffed on all of it, but that, that draft from two years ago, especially when you compare the whiffs, the top three picks, you got Brian Asamoah played like 10 defensive snaps this year, you know, yeah. compared to what the Lions have done in the draft the last couple of years. And even the Chiefs, when they won the Super Bowl last, didn't they have like seven contributing rookies on that Super Bowl winning team? Well, Pacheco was like a six-round pick from Rutgers. Right. So, yeah. yes, absolutely. And and this draft becomes even more important, too, because the fact that you didn't make the playoffs puts you in in every round that you have your own picks retained a better position as well, right? So, like, you could potentially go up. But if you don't, you've got a pretty good first-round pick. you got a pretty good second-round pick. So, yeah, I, I think that there is – I think we – we give too many passes on, well, well, let's wait for year three of Booth sometimes, right? Like, mm-hmm. like let's wait for year three of Asamoah. We'll see it in year three. Or or the team says, well, Ty Chandler's not prepared to play yet, so we cannot pl- – oh, hold on a second here. There are teams that plug guys in immediately. And if you don't feel that, that you can, eventually that comes back on you. Like, what are you doing development-wise and scouting-wise? So, yeah, you have a – there is no question that this team, this draft, and, and I know it can be a crapshoot, but this draft needs to be plentiful. Like, this is a draft in which you can immediately go get help in, like, the first two to three rounds, I think. And there's no, you know, and there's no rule, as we've seen, that says that you can't hit on a fifth or sixth round pick. You know what else is interesting? The 2020 Lions, so it was three years ago, Matthew Stafford was their quarterback, obviously. And, you know, he had... A classic Stafford season, 4,000 yards. He had 26 touchdowns. He had four game-winning drives, you know, passer rating of just below 100, top 10 QBR in the league. Just a good a good Matthew Stafford season. His, uh, his number two receiver on that team was TJ Hawkinson, a young TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. So a couple interesting people. Matthew Stafford in his prime and TJ Hawkinson. And they decided within the next, like, 18 months, yeah, you know, we're just – this isn't like building around these guys and paying these guys a lot of money over the next few years. We, we need more pieces. This mm-hmm. isn't enough. So they traded Matthew Stafford for a haul, and then they traded TJ Hawkinson for a second-round pick, and then they nailed the next two draft classes, swapped out the coach. They brought in Dan Campbell. But, they, but you know, 
And they were probably in it. They, they were like a five win team in 2020. So I get it when you're the Lions and you're a five win team. It's easier just to hit the reset button for the 20th time and say whatever. Uh, but but it took cojones to trade Matthew Stafford, who's one of the Mount Rushmore figures in that franchise's history, and TJ Hawkinson as one of the top five pass catching tight ends in the league. But like Dex said, okay, we'll just go get Sam Laporta over here. Oh, Jared Goff, yeah, you're good enough for us. We can we can make yeah. that work with Jared Goff, and then use the other pieces to make your car better, make your roster better. And here they are. Absolutely, don't. No. What's, what's your next? Yeah. All right, my next my next statement off the uh, divisional round, unbelievable playoff weekend is this. I know that misery loves company, so Buffalo and Green Bay. We are in solidarity with you today because my statement is, at the end of the day, get yourself a kicker that you can trust. And I don't mean a kicker who's got a big leg, and I don't mean a kicker who pops up once in a while and makes that big kick, and we carry him off the field, and it's Charlie Brown. Uh, I'm talking about a kicker that you can trust. Tyler Bass, 44-yard miss with um, with KC up three. So with one 43 left instead of it being a tie score. And, you know, again, you you battle this team every year. And it comes down to a kicker. And I know it's Buffalo. I know it's tough. But misses a field goal attempt. And now you've lost the game. Carlson, 618 left. Field goal attempt in San Fran. Again, I know it's difficult. I know, I know it's not great. But 41 yards out. You should make that. You make that, you're up by seven. San Francisco scores. Odds are you're going to OT. You're still going to have a chance. Instead... You missed that, and now you are up by four if you're the Packers. The the Niners come back and win it, and, of course, Anders Carlson is the brother of none other than Daniel Carlson, who lost his job with with the Vikings in Green Bay. Um, And I looked it up. So Bass and Carlson were 23rd and 24th in field goal percentage during the season at 82.8%. And in the case of Carlson, 81.8%. So consistency was a problem. And consistency bit them in the ass on Saturday and Sunday. Greg Joseph, 80% behind both of those guys on field goal attempts, 24 of 30. Do not take this lightly. Do not think, oh, yeah, yeah, well, this guy's got a leg. We like him. This is no place for development. This is a place for people that you have complete faith in. And I think it's very fair to say when it came to Bass and Carlson, and Carlson might be great. I I don't don't know. Certainly he's going to stick there. But today, you're really ruining the fact that he couldn't make a 41-yard field goal. I think, you know, you say, I can't remember the way you just phrased it, but like that this is no, when you get to this round, this is no time to be developing, right? Right. But I think in defense of the Packers for a second, I don't think they ever expected to be in the divisional round of the 2023 season playoffs. So they, they, they came in, we're going to develop a quarterback here. We're going to, we're going to just, let's, let's just treat this year as a move it forward. However we can year. And we'll see if this rookie kicker, and then all of a sudden they go on this run at the end of the year. It's like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Um, On the bills front, man, that is a brutal miss. And, Patrick Mahomes probably gets the ball back and marches down and they kick a game-winning field sure. goal anyways. Um, but, yeah, Tyler Bass, he's just, for the Vikings, historically, it's wide left. It's Gary Anderson wide left and Blair Walsh wide, wide left right, and the Bills are wide right. Scott Norwood, at one point on Twitter yesterday after that game was over, the top three trending topics in the sports world were wide right, Scott Norwood, yep. and 
Tyler Bass, all the top three. Yeah. Just brutal, man. Can I, can I honestly, can I just jump in now with my second one? Because mine also had a yeah, kicking dude. thing. So, yes. I, I kind of take the Larry David approach. I don't know if you've ever seen Larry David's epic rant about kickers with Rich Eisen. Like, I think this was maybe a couple years ago during Super Bowl week, or maybe it was last year. It is, it really is the most silliest position in all of sports. It's one guy on a team who has one job that is to kick a field goal through an upright that no one else has to yeah. do. No one else is doing this. One guy, his job is to kick upright through a goalpost. Why are we doing that? And we talk about, Judge says development. Okay, how do we develop these guys? Well, you don't draft them. You draft them out of college, you compete them against one another, and maybe you rely on them for four months, but if they miss one kick, all of a sudden, what do we do? How do we develop these? What do we do here? I, I, I hate to be this guy. Get rid of kicking in the NFL. I hate it. This is so <laughs> stupid. We don't know how to develop them. We don't know. We, we should never draft them. Asset, re, uh, no, asset management is also silly. The whole position to me is so GD bizarre, and we have no answer to fix it. We have no, there's, there's two kickers well, in would, the NFL that are really good, and that's it. So what would, let's go down this path for a second. What would football look like? I mean, the kickoffs are almost gone anyways, right? So right. That's, yeah. that's easy. You just put the ball at the 25. Two-point conversions are bust. So, so for touchdowns, it'd be two-point conversions. But then for, for just, all right, you're marching down the field, and it's third and 16, and you're at the 19-yard line. You're in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Third and 16 from the 19-yard line. Yeah. And you throw an incomplete pass, and now mm-hmm. it's fourth and 16. I guess you would you'd go for it, right? Because then, yeah. you because you, huh. you're not you would we would have no goalposts. You would go for it, yeah. And then if you don't get it, the other team just gets the ball, right? And then you'd have to make decisions at like the forty and thirty. You would just you would just go for it more often. That would be more fun. Totally, yeah, wouldn't it? So instead of yeah. lining up for a field goal, like Josh Allen just like takes another snap, and it's I can't remember what it was. I think it was like fourth and ten or something. I'm with Dex, man. I don't need just kicking. It's just it. unnecessary anxiety. <laughs> it, was, it was a great rant, by the way. Like, and Larry like, dude, David's rant is fantastic. It's hilarious. It is. You guys should check it out on YouTube. But Tyler Bass now has to live with that the rest of his life, yeah. just like Scott Norwood and Blair Walsh. And they have to wake up every day staring at themselves in the mirror and thinking about that moment. We can we can take away all that anxiety from kickers, right? There, there's something to be said, though, for for a little guy who comes in and kicks a ball. His name lives in infamy for a team's franchise for the rest of existence. I mean, Gary Anderson was perfect that season until that kick. And that name still, you know, brings back some of the most brutal memories for Vikings fans. You're right about Blair Walsh. Now, that, that, was, that was, what, a first-round game, so not nearly as brutal as a championship game, but like it, it is incredible that these names are etched in our brains forever. And they are, they are some of the people that we actually see the least and they really don't play football up until recently. Baseball decided the pitcher was going to come up and hit, even though he can't hit. He, he's an automatic out. He's a 99.9% out. And then they realize, Hey, you know what? You know, it'd be great if these guys don't hit the baseball because they can't hit the baseball, it changes the whole strategy of how you go about things. The double switch. Get get me out of here with that BS. They they oh, decided. Those are fighting words for Oh, Judd. I know they Judd are. It's just, it's, oh, it's the, the silliest switch, thing. The it's the, it's the, the silliest of all things. What if in hockey Challenge we just decided at, at center court, we're, gonna, we're just going to have a guy take a shot, 
And if it goes in, it goes in. Like, it's it's the dumbest thing. Well, we do have the shootout. No, but I'm saying from half court, from half center oh. ice, you just basically, hey, let's take a shot here because we have to do this now. The whole thing but would the be silly. Like, in hockey, either way, like, you don't, well, it is funny because hockey, you do have one guy that does one job. It's called the goalie. But yeah. it would be right. like if you had, okay, we just played a game of hockey, and now we're going to bring on a half a half rink specialist. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna take the goalie out of the net, and we're gonna. It's like those like contests they do between periods where okay, if uh, this random fan can slide this puck car. into this small little hole, he wins. He wins a semester of tuition. It's great. But my grand point, my grand point is, Damn. I don't think the position is taken seriously. Well, no, your enough. grand point is Blair Walsh or uh, or uh, wow, Freudian slip. Tyler is Bass that, is that Greg Joseph probably shouldn't be the Vikings kicker next year. Isn't that At your grand point? Yeah. But I'm saying my grand point is as far as, as long as it's going to be here, as long as we have kicking, you need to have a, it can't be just, uh, oh, let's just, I will keep Tyler Bass. I actually would draft one late and stick him on my practice squad. And I would but have none of these vet- guys, but the, none of these guys, as, to Declan's point. So your solution for unreliable kickers is to just go get another unreliable kicker and stash him <laughs> on the roster. <laughs> Mm-mm. Declan's Mm-mm. right, dude. It's Get rid of kicking. Well, but there, not is, going no, to. there is no solution. There's, there's no not solution. like there's a Adam Vinatieri in his okay, prime on Baltimore? his couch. That's one. Well, Baltimore, Baltimore has the greatest kicker of all time. Exactly right. And the rest of the league has terrible kickers. That's not true. Nick, have... Falk, Nick Falk, you see, I okay. I so there's two. Prepped. There's two. Nick, Nick Falk, two old kickers. Nick Falk, was had the best percentage in the league. I'm trying to solve problems for the Vikings right now. But what's but no but hold on a second. This is like quarterbacks, but it's it worse. It is because because kickers. There's like let's let's be generous and say there's like five reliable kickers. Yeah. I think Daniel Carlson's reliable sure. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's say there's five five or six guys that you're like, yep, that dude is going to mm-hmm. be a kicker for ten years in the league. Mm-hmm. With quarterbacks, it's like at any given time there's fifteen to twenty that you feel pretty good about, and then the other third of the league is looking. So the solution, if you're a team looking for a quarterback, the solution isn't. Well, just go find a quarterback. At, go to the quarterback tree, the quarterback springs, and it's to uh, keep taking chances. Right, but there's but there's always going to be half the league needing a quarterback and two thirds of the league needing a kicker. Is the mm-hmm. is what we're saying? I understand. Like that. like the Buffalo Bills aren't going to find a kicker better than Tyler Bass. You sure about that? Yes. Yeah. You sure about because, that? Because, you sure yeah. about that? Yeah. Why haven't the Vikings found a reliable kicker in your life since Gary Anderson? Missed well, that I don't think teams are long. Well, yeah, that's actually that that's the greatest example possible. And you know what the Vikings problem was ultimately? And this is where teams screw themselves up on kickers. I need a bigger leg. I need a bigger leg. <laughs> I need uh, I need the biggest leg. You need reliability. And then at times you need a big leg. But. What you don't need to do is jettison a guy who shows consistency for the prospect of, well, you don't understand. This guy was hitting 62 yarders during his pro day. I mean, Tyler Bass has made 85% of his field goals in mm-hmm. his career and 98% of his extra points. Which yeah, is, 20. Those are like far better than Greg Joseph's numbers, just yep. for context. Yep. Uh, and he is, he's made 19, he's made 12 out of 19 50 plus yarders. He's only missed in his career like five kicks between 40 and 49. And he's probably one of the 10 best kickers in the league. It's, Actually, he was 23rd. Right, man. Get rid of kicks. 23rd. No, I'm this saying season. over like a three-year sample. Over like a three-year sample. You I'm, saying Tyler I'm saying this and year. I'm Justin, saying what happened on Sunday was And not Justin Tucker is like one for five from 50 this year, who's supposed to be the greatest kicker in the NFL. So exactly. what's going to happen? 
Exactly miss why a kick. the big, big leg thing is flawed. What I'm saying is give me the keys to the car and I will help are, solve this you issue. You are far too confident on a, on a silliest position in all of sports that you can fix this. But it's not silly. But see, that that's the, fla- the, the fatal silly. flaw of your so statement. What, what should is, the Vikings do? Let's bring this to the Vikings. Yeah. What should the, like, the Vikings have an unreliable and, and if Declan wants to fight this like he always does, he can't. They can. have an unreliable kicker. They have an unreliable kicker. Statistically, yes. rankings, yeah. everything. Yes. What should the Vikings do? I would go out and sign a veteran who has a better percentage. And then I, I would also, I think the practice squads are now 15 guys. I would have no problem with drafting one or signing a kid with a big leg and putting him on my practice squad, which they've done before. It's not unprecedented. And then, and then while I have my kicking coach, which I don't think the Vikings do now, which I think is ridiculous. When I have my kicking coach working with this kid, if he shows potential, guess what I can do on game day? I can activate him if I want because he's on my practice squad. And then how confident are you going to be? Okay, it's week 10, Mm -hmm. and the Vikings have a kicking problem, and they've cut Greg Joseph. Mm-hmm. And we're doing an episode of Purple Daily, and this kicker that the Vikings signed—he's like a you know, journeyman kicker or a draft pick kicker from the practice squad. How confident are you that he's going four for four from? Well, if I'm the kicking coach and I've seen him, <laughs> I, I might be in- incredibly confident. But but where you guys are no missing... you, how confident would you be? Is what my question. Is. I just said I'd be very confident because <laughs> I did this. Uh, but where you guys are missing the point about this entire thing is if Carlson and Bass had missed from like 58 yards. I'd be like, okay, yeah, that's a lot to ask. They missed from 44 and 41 yards. Kai Forbath hits that kick in his current. Kai, For- Kai Forbath did hit that kick against the Saints. Yeah. Don't forget, he saved the Miracle game. Kai Forbath made the field goal that saved the Vikings' asses, or they lose that game. I'm with Declan. You're outvoted. We're getting rid it's, of kicking. It's the silly. I'm fine it's with your point. I'm just saying I'm trying to solve an existing problem that the league is not going to agree with you. Uh, I have... I have a Mount Rushmore of mockers, mock draft for you guys here. But do you guys have any other things that the Vikings should have learned from divisional round weekend <laughs> before we get there? We covered um, a lot of we covered kicking, we, we covered point differential. Yeah, is that kicking when did important? we start that I, kicking? I, I think like 15 minutes ago. We spent a third of this like episode on kicking. 15 minutes? Yeah. Don't focus on it. Here's my last one. The last thing that the Vikings learned, I, I think, again, is that they every year – um, as long as Justin Jefferson is here, they should send Rick Spielman a thank you card for the Stefan Diggs trade. Yeah, how, that, how he, that, he dropped that pass. Too. That pass he dropped. Oh. Now, that's an incredibly difficult catch. I am not trying to say that, that the difficulty, but that's a catch he has to make. He finished that game with eight targets and four touches and three catches for 21 yards. Um, and as I tweeted, on that deep ball, 18 catches it. Jefferson, oh, without a agreed. question in my mind, hauls that ball in. Agreed. So, Rick Spielman, you deserve – your hand was forced. You appeared to be completely screwed by the player, and you turned that into gold. Yeah, that was brutal. I think – hot take. I think the Bills can't just run this back. By the way, Rex Ryan was on Get Up this morning doing the Bill Belichick to Buffalo watch out thing, which would be amazing if the Bills really? decided. Yeah, He's Ooh. saying, hey – I was fired because we couldn't get past the Patriots, and we had the we had really good teams with the Jets, yeah. and we kept we went to the AFC Championship game, and I got fired because we couldn't get over the hump, and it didn't work. But he goes, sometimes these owners think that the current coach can't get over the hump, but I think there's a chance that this could be the off season where they move Stefan Diggs because if you're the Bills, 
You've got salary cap issues. You could use some young talent coming in. Your running game still isn't great. So I would say this this might be the end for Stefan Diggs and, and the Bills finally after like two years of of grumblings. If he catches that that deep pass and and let's say he catches five passes for a hundred and something, then you know what? Him being a pain in the ass is worth it. Yeah. But three catches for twenty one yards, four touches and a key drop. Sorry, you're not worth it. Josh Allen's cap hit two in twenty twenty four. Did you see that? Forty seven point one million dollars. Yeah. Dak Dak's like fifty five. Yeah, it's well there's there's some yeah, there's some aggressive cap. Cowboys doing what are the Cowboys doing too? They're literally gonna run this back. They are. Mike McCarthy's coming back. Man. And Dak is like if if we talk about Kirk not not being a great playoff QB necessarily across the board, what's Dak then? Yeah, he also gets erratic and gets really inaccurate and nervous, and you know your pulse starts racing a little bit faster yeah. in those situations. So uh, I know a way you can slow your heart rate down: a nice summer fishing getaway up at Ballard's Resort, right on the south shore of Lake of the Woods. You can breathe in that Canadian border air right on the doorstep of the Canadian border water, and uh, Ballard's Resort right on Lake of the Woods, is the walleye capital of the world. Uh, and you get access to U.S. Coast Guard licensed guides, too, that can help you maybe catch that 10-pound walleye that's floating around. So uh, there's a reason we're talking about this in January, because these summer fishing dates book up fast at Ballard's Resort. So go to ballardsresort.com to book your dates, ballardsresort.com. Let's talk about uh, underdog here. Do they have kickings, kicking options? Uh, on yeah, underdog or? they do. They do <laughs> of course they options. do. Of course they have kicking options. And it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it's the pick'em specials, man. They got some great pick'em specials with uh, the NFC and AFC title games coming up. You can maybe sometimes even lock those picks in early, get a little spicy, uh, and maybe lock in one of the extra boosts they'll give you to an underdog fantasy. Seeing a nice little uh, influx of uh, new score users on Underdog Fantasy, so appreciate you guys. If you haven't jumped in, you can use promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, and you'll also get a uh, mystery pick'em special, too. And show us those slips. If you're a user on Underdog Fantasy, we love seeing those winning slips. Love shouting them out here on Purple Daily. So go download the Underdog Fantasy app. And also, hey, coming up in a couple of weeks here, so yeah, it's like uh, two and a half weeks away, the 2024 Minnesota Golf Show is February 9th through the 11th at Minneapolis Convention Center. You can get free lessons from a PGA teaching professional, try out the newest equipment for 2024, take your chance in sinking the $100,000 putt. And also, you can come and see us. We're going to be there on Saturday afternoon, sort of a Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd combination. We'll be out there for a couple hours. You can find the schedule at mngolfshow.com. Tickets for Score North listeners, if you want to come out and hang out with us, and uh, join in on the festivities. You can get $5 tickets all week long using the promo code SCORE. That's mngolfshow.com. $5 tickets with the promo code SCORE at mngolfshow.com. Okay, this is a good one here. Right? I want to mock! Mock! This is Daniel Jeremiah. Oh, I saw this Oh, one. I saw this on Friday. Okay. Love this guy. Mm-hmm. Friend of the show, by the way. Mm-hmm. He is a friend of the show. This is a Mount Rushmore of mockers, right? Yep. Now, we're, are we taking Todd McShay out of the Mount Rushmore? It's Mel It's Mel for sure. Mount Rushmore's chiseled forever, so I don't know if we can or not. Yeah, how would that work if we found like, out like, that, like, uh, you know, hey, just one of those? Redo, just redo one of those. Yeah, if we found out that uh, old Abe was a little, uh, little creepy. A little, we... little frisky? Got a little frisky? 
HR gonna, complaints? We can't, can we cancel someone off of the Mount Rushmore? So, I don't know. We'll figure out what to do with Todd McShay. <laughs> don't suggest that. Could open a can of worms. We don't oh, I'm sure open. it's been discussed. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel Jeremiah is solidly oh. in and not creepy as far as we know. Not McShay's not creepy either, I don't oh. think. He just got let go oh. from ESPN. Yeah. Right? So, okay. So, anyways, uh, this is the 1.0 from Daniel Jeremiah, NFL.com. He's got Caleb Williams going to the Bears, number one. He's got Drake May going to the Commanders, number two. And then Jaden Daniels going to the Patriots, three. So there's your three quarterbacks off the board. Marvin Harrison Jr. to the Cardinals at four. Roma Dunze, the uh, Washington wide receiver to the Chargers. They need to get younger weapons, and this would help. Giants take Malik Neighbors, the LSU wide receiver, sixth. Mm. Joe Alt, Minnesota's own, to the Titans, the offensive tackle. Falcons take, led by Bill Belichick, perhaps. Although there is another candidate getting a second interview that we'll talk about on our bonus episode of Purple Daily. Uh, Dallas Turner going to the Falcons. He's the edge rusher from Bama. Jared Verse, edge from Florida State, goes to the Bears at nine. Talise Fuaga, the Oregon State offensive tackle to the Jets. And that brings us to the Vikings at eleven. This would make things confusing, I feel like, on the Vikings roster. They already have a Byron Murphy Jr., and here they would take the defensive tackle from Texas, Byron Murphy the second. Ooh. I want a mock! Mock! Yeah, Daniel Jeremiah says, I believe Murphy is the top defensive tackle in this class. Vikings need to add more firepower up front. Yeah. Just where I'm, yeah. I, the, the QB conversation is obviously the most fun to have and would be uh would create tons of content for folks like us so i do love to talk about that possibility but that being said if you're going to get hunter back i think defensive tackle and if you're going to get to kneel back and you're not going to go quarterback i think defensive tackle is probably it and there's options man jerzon newton there's a couple dudes and we'll see how it all shakes out after like the combine where does he have jerzon newton then because he's like pretty consensus, like a top twelve pick, and most does he not like him as much? I mean, that's that's a possibility. Twenty uh, eighth to Buffalo, okay, so he doesn't like him that much. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah. And yeah. the one thing too that we don't know, um, but I think would be an interesting thing to find out about is how much influence that they're going to allow Brian Flores to have here. Because I mean, he's coming back now. I I know he has turned out n- not to be a, a hot commodity around the league i think we all know some of the reasons why that is but that being said i would imagine that he's going to be going into somebody's office right and saying hey look what i did with what i had like imagine if i had a defensive tackle i don't blame him one bit but i i do think that there's a very compelling conversation to be had about a guy coordinator wise who did a great job and probably has a leg to stand on to say you know what we really really need to improve this thing to sort of jump from a feel-good story so more of a, okay, this defense is just really damn good. Yeah, and I think also quarterback is the most important long-term thing, obviously, but equally as important is continuing to build a great roster. And mm-hmm. if you have if you have you know the top three most important positions listed, you got quarterback, edge rusher, I think interior defensive tackle, middle push, pass rusher push up the middle, that's yes. right there. In the, I mean, cornerback... You got your left tackle, so check, right? Yes. 
Yes. Where, where does he have uh, Michael Penix going? I don't think I don't, in round oh, so one. Has, Bo Nix is the next quarterback mm-hmm. off the board, 14. Ooh, okay. He says, I'm a big fan of Nix's game. So Saints, he's got the Saints taking Bo Nix. I think his experience as a five-year starter is a positive for him as he heads to the next level. He'd be a plug-and-play starter for New Orleans. I'm not confident the Saints view Derek Carr as the answer. Interesting. Yeah, he doesn't have any other first-round quarterbacks. So you'd have J.J. McCarthy and Michael Penix in the second round if you wanted. So is this a potential that the Vikings take their second-round pick and something else and try to get back into the end of the first round? Mm-hmm. A Teddy-type situation here? And take be. that quarterback? Get that fifth-year option? I think you'd feel pretty good about yourself if you came out, out of it with a defensive tackle with the 11th pick and a quarterback that you liked with, let's say, the 31st or 32nd pick. Yeah, with Ryan Tannehill as your bridge starter because Kirk Cousins signed a three-year ironclad $150 million got, guaranteed deal. He's gone Belichickian. <laughs> he's gone Belichickian. He always wanted to play for him. Oh, man. So, all right, that's uh, that's a wrap on this episode. We have a bonus episode where we will start. We've, we're going to have a few of these between now and free agency where we start to give you lists of free agents that might fit for the Vikings. So I have five of those for you on a bonus episode. It's Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a Super Bowl before we die.